question. Have you ever played baseball? Do you remember the, uh, the feel of the bat, the anticipation of the pitch, the excitement of making it to first bat base, and the joy of, of passing home? Listen, I tell you, most of you do. Most of us do. And some of y'all, y'all were great at baseball. I mean, you loved it. But others, like me, the game made you a little nervous. I mean, when you came up to bat, your, uh, your hands began to sweat, and your prayers began to rise, and you began to say to yourself, oh, I hope I get a hit. I want to get a hit. I want to get a hit. Why? Because you wanted to help the team. You wanted to score a run. You wanted to make a difference. You wanted to win the game. Amen? Amen. Listen, I tell you, I want to tell you, friends, if you are part of the family of God, if you trust in Jesus, you are part of a great, great game. This is more important than the College World Series. This is more important than the Major League World Series. Hey, this is even more important than Little League. Listen, why? Because we are not competing for prizes or trophies. We are competing for the souls. We are playing for the souls of men. And God has given us this great, great chance to be on His team. Now let me tell you, the star-spanning banner has already been sung. The crowd is watching. And I want to win. I want to win, don't you? I want to see souls come to know Jesus. I want to see them be in heaven with me. Listen, I tell you, God has given us as we get ready to play because that's what this is. That's what churches, not only to worship God, but to kind of get our game plan to get together. Amen? This is kind of like a team meeting because when we go out and play the, the game, most of the game is played when? In the rest of the week. Most of the game is played where? Out there. And we are getting ready. And so as we get ready for our game, our inning this week, go out and participate in His great, great game. God's given us some instructions. In fact, He gave us a playbook to play by. It's right here. It's right here. And in His instructions, uh, He gave us a passage in, in Romans chapter 12. If you have your Bibles... I want you to turn to this. And God uses another analogy. He uses the analogy of a body in the same way that the body works like a team, that we work like a team, which really works like a team. Listen to how we can win the game. Listen how we can accomplish our purpose. Because that's what He's called us to. Follow with me. For I say, through the grace given to me, to everyone who is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, as God has dealt each one a measure of faith. Don't miss that. That's important. 
For as we have many members in one body, but all members do not have the same functions, so we, being uh, many, are what? One body in Christ and individually members of one another. Therefore, having gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, let us use them in prophecy. Let us prophesy. In proportion to our faith, our ministry, let us use it in our ministry. He who treats, teaches and teaches, he who exhorts and exhortations, he who gives with liberality, he who leads with diligence, and he who shows mercy with cheers. Amen. That's the instructions. Listen, I tell you, dear friend, it makes all the difference in the world uh, for you to understand this. And listen, I want y'all to grasp this this week. First of all, I want you to notice several uh, several things. First of all, I want you to notice that you are on a team. Amen? Amen. You are part of the team. If you have trusted Jesus Christ, you are on a team. It says here, so that we, being many, are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. What does that say? It says that you don't live the Christian life by yourself. It's no way it's me and Jesus against the world. The Bible has nothing to say about that. If you think that, that your walk with God is just you and God alone, you're missing out on what the Scripture says. Because what does the model prayer say? You know, when they ask the Lord, teach us to pray. What did He say? In the first two words says what? Our Father. You can't even pray the Lord's Prayer without the first two words reminding you that you're not like yourself. Amen? We're part of this together. We're part of a family. We're part of a body. We're part of a team. That's what it is. You are members of one another. You can't play a real game without others to play with you by yourself. Let me tell you, oh, you can pretend. You can pretend to follow Christ by yourself. But it's not just, it's just not the same. It's kind of like that little boy, that little boy, John, Tommy Johnson, who uh, lived way out in the country. He loved baseball and he loved playing baseball. But he didn't have any friends around. Any of y'all grow up like that? There just weren't enough kids to play with. And so Tommy had to kind of make up some stuff. You know what I mean? He did the best he could. Nobody else around. And so Tommy would go out and uh, you could just see it here. He says, uh, he says, listen, here's Tommy Johnson coming up to the plate in the ninth inning of the seventh game of the World Series. It is tied three games to three. And Tommy Johnson, the greatest hitter of all times, come up to the up to the plate. And he took his bat. And y'all ever done this? You know, he threw it up and they swung at it. Willis says, Well, Tommy, he picked the ball up, he threw it up, and he swung. In me. <laughs> Strike one on Tommy Johnson, the greatest batter of all times. And so the game was tied. And it was the ninth inning. And he had one chance, two outs. The bases were loaded. He picked up the ball. And he says, well, the pitcher pitched. Tommy swings. Missed the ball. 
Strike two. Tommy Johnson. Oh, the crowd is starting to get antsy. Will it happen? Will he win the game? Will he get a hit? Uh, will he win the game? Tommy picks up the ball. And so Tommy Johnson, uh, the pitch is coming. And he pitches and he swings. And he struck out. Oh, but Tommy Johnson, the pitcher, is the greatest pitcher of all time because he just struck out the greatest hitter of all times. Listen, I tell you, you can pretend to be part of the kingdom of God by yourself, but it's just not the same. It's just not the same. Because God created us to be part of the family. If you trusted Christ, if you have been to the cross like we talked last week, then it's amazing if you look in the Scriptures all the things that God did in your heart. The Bible says that your name is written on His great roster in heaven called the Lamb's Book of Life. When you put your faith in Jesus, the Bible says that you were born again, that you were spiritually made alive, that the Holy Spirit of God came to dwell on you. And the last thing that I want to mention, there are lots more, but I want you, you were given a spiritual gift. Okay? It's kind of part of your spiritual birthright as you were adopted into the kingdom of God. And that's the second thing I want you to understand. Not only that you were on the team and you can't pretend uh, otherwise, but second of all, you have an ability, the ability to help the team. The Bible says, having been gifts differing according to the grace that was what? So where did the grace, where did the gifts come from? They come from God. They were given to us at our spiritual birth. When you trust in Christ, if you trust in Christ, then you have a spiritual gift that you can use. Did you see that? According to the grace given me. So God has given each of you special abilities to succeed on His team. Isn't that cool? Isn't that cool? He didn't just throw you out there on ungifted. He gave you gifts so you can use your ability. Now there are preachers and teachers and encouragers and big givers. And He's given you some ability. It's an ability that is fit to your personality and your strength and your experience. So you might say, Pastor Steve, if I've been given a gift, well how do I discover my gift? I don't, you know didn't flash in the heavens. Well, there are actually some gift surveys. Some of y'all, y'all ever taken one of those gift surveys that kind of shows you what your gift probably is? But let me ask you a question. How do you find out if you're playing baseball whether you're a better shortstop or first baseman? How do you find out? What? Play the game! Get in there and try. And let me tell you, you know, if you're a pitcher and you throw hard, but you cannot get the ball over the plate, guess what? Uh, you're, not a you're probably not gifted to be a pitcher. Amen? Okay? And uh, listen, I tell you, in, in church, 
If you sign up to become a teacher and you grow your class from 15 down to 2, listen, I tell you, probably not your spiritual gift. Amen? How do you learn? How do you do that? And so you get out there and you play. You know, when I was playing baseball, I listen, I tell you, I was incredible. I was incredibly average. In fact, I was incredibly mediocre. You know, one thing, my problem was that I had... Not good eyesight. Any of y'all with me? I've got contacts on now. If I strip over here, that's you know part of the part of the deal. But anyway, so if I was out in the outfield, first of all, I got out in the outfield. You know, they always put the little kids out in the outfield when you're playing sandlot ball. You know what I mean? You know, where they can't do much damage. There's probably no way it's gonna hit it out there anyway. And if it's hit out there anyway, well, it's probably a home run anyway. So anyway, put me out in the outfield and. And uh, the ball would hit up, it'd be a high fly ball. And I'd be running in, and then I'd be running out, and then I'd be running right, and then I'd be running left, and then the ball would fall down, and I'd embarrass, I'd pick it up, try to throw it in. And so I figured out real quick, guess what was not my game? Playing out Amen? So then they put me in like, okay, then I'd play third base, you know? And the ball would be hit to me. And it's like, whoa, I stop, I stop the ball. And I pick up and I fire the ball to first base. And it was like, my throw was like, well, you ever heard of a guy that had a rifle for an arm? Mine was kind of more like a baby gun. <laughs> you know, I mean, it was like the lazy river going to first base, you know. And then by the time the ball got to first base, that guy was, was standing on first base, yawning, picking his teeth, whatever. He'd been there for a half hour before the ball arrived. Listen, I tell you, third base was not my place. But when I found out a spot at second base that, uh, that I could play. Why? Because it wasn't very far from first. Okay? So I didn't need a, a big arm. But I was very quick. And so I could pick up the ball, get it out of my glove, and flip it to first base like that. And listen, from then on, guess what place I played? Second base. Why? Because I wanted to help the team. Dear friend, you may be here and you've never found your place of ministry. Okay? Do not give up. God has given you a spiritual gift, and it will make all the difference in the world if you just start practicing it. Start using your spiritual gifts. Start trying different things, and you'll find out if you're a great reader, or if you're a great cook, or if you're a great teacher, or if you're a great encourager, or if you're good at music, or whatever. Okay? In Sunday school, you can be a secretary. You can be an outreach leader. You can be a phone caller. You can be a card writer. There's millions of things to reach out to this world and lead them to the cross where they too can find Christ and be saved. And that's what it's all about. Amen? I mean, that's what we're here for. Amen? I mean, this isn't a social club, is it? No. This is like a life-saving station. Amen? We are here to save eternal lives. Not to gather around and pat each other on the back and, and uh, talk about how wonderful the music was. That was just so wonderful. I especially like when you play the old people. Okay. Uh, 
Listen, you have the ability to help. Uh, one thing you can't say, and I think you've got it now, you can't say, I don't have any gifts. Now, you may not have five-star gifts, but remember the story about the talents, and one guy was given five talents, one guy two talents, one guy just with one talent. And what did the one talent guy do with his talent? Isn't that a shame? Isn't that a shame? The five talent guy used his five talents, and the Lord was pleased. The two talent guy used his talents, and the Lord was pleased. The one talent guy could have done what? Used his talent, and the Lord would have been pleased. The same thing. It's not based on the greatness of your talent. His pleasure is based on you using your talent for the kingdom. Amen? Because, you know, there are some one-talent, in fact, our world is full of a lot of one-talent people. And if they get the idea that walking with Jesus is only for five-talent people, guess what Satan will convince them? They don't need to come to the cross. But listen, I tell you, whether you've got five talents or two talents or just one talent, you have a spiritual gift. So, which leads to the third point in the game plan. What do you need to do? You need to do what? Say it. Help me here. You need to step up to the plate. When your time is called, when your name is called, what do you need to do? Step up to the plate. Listen, I tell you, this church is a great church. Listen, on, on Easter Sunday, wasn't that great? I've never seen so many people stepping up to the plate as on Easter Sunday. Are you with me? Say amen. All of y'all that helped serve using your gifts uh, on Easter Sunday, it was awesome. But if we're going to grow, if we're going to reach this world, then it's, it's dark out there, guys. I've never seen it so dark, so cold the gospel. We need to light the fire even more in here so that people outside can see light and hope and love in a dear, a dreary world. You need to step up to the plate. Look what it says. It says, uh, having uh, then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, let us what? Let us use What was Nike's motto? years ago. Just do it. Just do it. Got one thing right. I don't know what else about the company, but one thing right is like if you've got a spiritual gift, just use it. Amen? Okay? It will blossom in the Lord's hands. Uh, in prophecy, prophesy. If ministry, use it for ministry. Teach and teach. He who exhorts in exhortation. He who gives with liberality. I love that. He who leads with diligence, and I love that thing. He who shows mercy with cheerfulness. Listen, I tell you, there's one committee I hope we dissolve here at Poplar Springs. You know what committee that is? The Cold Water Committee. You know what that committee is? 
Anytime there's a light of a fire, somebody gets excited about Jesus, they come up with the buckets. They're like, got to calm this down. Don't want to get too fired up. Amen. Amen? It's like, oh, you're upset in my comfort zone. You're upset. Let me tell you a spiritual proof. Y'all can write this down. Okay? You got a pen, write this down. You got a pen, write this down. And paper. You got a phone, put it in your phone. Okay? Spiritual principle. God meets us at the edge of our comfort zone. You want to experience God. And you've never experienced God. You feel like God is way up there. Then step out of your comfort zone and start uh, serving God out on the area where it's a little what? It's a little scary. Because you know when you step up to the plate, it's a little what? It's a little scary. You're afraid you might do what? Strike out. Or what I used to hit one of those monster hits to the pitcher. You know, <laughs> you know what I mean? But listen, if you never swing back, you will never get a hit. Amen? And so step up to the plate. You need to act. You need to, to uh, trust. And faith is an active thing. Howard Hendricks, I love Howard Hendricks. He was a, he was a professor in, at a Dallas Theological Seminary in, in, in Dallas. I was in, in Fort Worth at a different seminary, but I heard all about this guy. He was great. Had a gravelly voice. And he taught hundreds upon hundreds of seminary students, became great preachers. And, uh, and uh, they call him prof, okay? And this is what he said. I heard him say this one time, and I've never forgotten. He said, men, churches are filled with two kinds of people. <coughs> Pillars and caterpillars. <laughs> Pillars carry the load. They stand fast and true. They do the ministry without complaint. And caterpillars just crawl in and out every Sunday, fuzz up the place. <laughs> Dear friend, I want to be a pillar. I want to be somebody that is faithful in using the gifts God has given me so that people might be saved and grow spiritually. I take seriously the Great Commission where Jesus said, go into all the world and make disciples, baptizing them, teaching them to believe all that I have commanded you. So what's the step that you need to take? One thing I want to encourage you to do is be part of a life group. Part of a life group is almost like a mini church within the church where you really can exercise your spiritual gifts. And I firmly believe 
that maybe you could get it in the choir, some other small fellowship group where you know each other's name, you know what's on your heart, you know that type of thing. It may be the youth group. It may be the children's ministry. Somewhere you plug yourself in, but life group is one. And I love this. Y'all reach in and grab one of these cards. You got one of these cards. Reach over and grab one of these cards. Look at it. Some of y'all probably hadn't looked on this until you joined the church or uh, whatever. And it says here, welcome to the next step. I have decided to what? Ask Jesus to what? To say, it's an act of your will. You got to do that. Second of all, to what? You got it? Read it. Somebody say, be baptized. If you haven't followed the Lord in baptism, what are you waiting for? Is it, is it obedient to the Lord who died for you to be baptized? Amen? You believe that? Raise your hand. Okay. What are you waiting for? Testify that. Third thing, become a member of Poplar Springs. In other words, you can join his, this version of his team and finally join a life group. If you're not a part of a life group, let me encourage you. Just turn the invitation. Jot your name on that. And, uh, Andy to trade or one of the guys. And they'll call you. They'll make sure that you're plugged in. Let me tell you, we, we are not a perfect team. Amen? Do we make errors sometimes? Amen. Do we mess up sometimes? Amen. But there's nothing like being part of a team. I love the card I got one time from one of my family members talking about when I was 40, I think it was. And, and it had... Here's our family tree. It was a tree with birds all over the branches. Some beautiful birds and gorgeous birds. And then there was one limb. <laughs> there was one limb where like those were the weirdest looking birds I have ever seen. I mean, they could have, one of them was lying down, one of them was hanging upside down, hair was all out crazy and stuff like that. And it says, when it said on there, we are so glad you're part of our family, especially with our branch. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? Of all those branches, of all those birds, you know what was the most realistic? That's real life. That's not playing church. You're part of a team. You can help the team. You need to step up to the plate. So we're coming to this time of invitation. And I'm not just going to challenge you to talk to God. Because some of you are here, and you have been, you've been waiting for somebody to invite you. Well, here it is. Follow the Lord. Amen? I say to you, follow the Lord. Obey the Lord. Have you been invited? Join a life group. Have you been invited? No more excuses. Amen? Amen? And when you step out onto the edge of your comfort zone, let me tell you, dear friend, God will meet you there. I tell you, I like it Stan and Lisa, when you go on a mission trip, that's on the edge of your comfort zone. Amen? And what happens on mission trips? How many have ever been on a mission trip? What, didn't God meet you there? 
Because you are out of your comfort zone. Amen? Listen, I tell you, one of the problems with the church today is we're so comfortable. We need to get out where God needs us to say yes. So I want to pray in the team to come as we leave and to sing this song of invitation. And I'm going to say a prayer. Let me tell you, if, uh, if you need to have a church family, if you haven't put your heart here, I encourage you to move your membership or join the church. If you haven't been baptized, say, yes, Lord. I want to step up to the plate and be baptized because there's somebody else who's a little bit afraid. And if you obey, if you swing the bat, if you step up to the plate, guess what? They will step up to the plate. In faith, and obedience begets faith, and obedience begets faith, and obedience through. That's how revival starts. God speaks. You respond. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, what an awesome God you are. Thank you for your love. Thank you for the cross. Thank you for the gospel. Thank you that you didn't uh, make us do the first step. Christ loved us while we were yet sinners and saved us as we responded to the gospel. And now we're part of your team. And you have not left us out. You have involved us and called us to be part of your word to spread the gospel to all county. Oh, Father, I just lay myself out before you, Father, and say, yes, sir, I'm reporting for duty. I'm ready to step up to the plate. And dear friend, if you're with me, would you say yes to God? Father, we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Please stand together as we talk about God's holiness and how uh, there's no one like you. Sing it from your heart and respond to the gospel.